Indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like, is going to see a fat psychic the same as seeing a fortune teller? I don't get it. Hi, America. Hello, world. My name is Adrian <laughs> Lee, and I am your host. I don't know if it's better to tell you what's going to happen to you next week or to follow you around just to see the look on your face when it happens. Ooh. Welcome to the show, more questions than answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you, to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, <gasps> And just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests. Somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains. With the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. Each week we press our ear against the bedroom wall. Whatever my mother listens to before she goes to bed, picks and pulls on her unconscious mind. I wonder what she listened to tonight. It's getting near dawn when lights close their tired eyes. I love that. One of my favourite songs by Cream, Sunshine of Your Love. If you've not heard that song, I recommend it. I spent most of my childhood trying to learn that on a cheap electric guitar and a homemade amplifier. That was before I was born, wasn't it? That was before I was born, madam. (laughs) (laughs) Nathan was 32 at the time. (laughs) So snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and or value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, <laughs> I will employ what I've called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show, so let me introduce my guests. Firstly, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. She is also our producer and sound engineer. Heather had a boring week as she had no online orders to look forward to. Welcome to the show, Heather. I corrected it. You've ordered a lot of things now. Yeah. 
everything now gets delivered yeah. to the door. Dog food, toilet paper, kitchen yeah. roll. Yeah. Everything you need. Your poor postman struggling up yeah. the steps to the house. <laughs> Too bad. Laden down with two pound of potatoes. Mm-hmm. My dad ordered a pizza recently online and then asked my mother how to download it. 100% true. I also wish to introduce... The man and crazy! Michelle Curry. She was born and raised in Mora, Minnesota and has a keen and avid interest in all things paranormal. Michelle's medic alert bracelet warns first responders that she kisses back during CPR. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you. It's almost like a reflex oh, yeah. action, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I was sat in a bar once and the waitress screamed, Does anyone know CPR? I said, I know the entire alphabet, and we laughed and laughed. I don't know if the person lived or not. I also <sighs> wish to introduce, sitting to my right, Dr. Nathan Bush. Nathan loves lobster tail and beer. They're his three most favourite things. Welcome to the show, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. That's worth the admission fee alone, isn't yes. it? Yes. I once stopped by a roadside stand that said lobster tails $2. I paid the $2 and the man said, once upon a time, there was this lobster. <laughs> no. Better than fish writing poetry, I had to sit through the SS Titanic verses once by Sam and Rusty. It was very disappointing. <gasps> they're mad, they're bad, and they are paranormal. This is season three, episode 92. I got it right. They're whizzing by eight more. We shall be celebrating our centenary for season three. I wish to announce to everybody that we have a listening party currently taking place on Facebook. We have many, many people that are about to play the quiz. They're sharing jokes, camaraderie, having a gift wars, lots of fun and interesting things on there. Cartoons, jokes and merriment. Why not listen to the show right now? Go to your Facebook account, search for more questions than answers with Adrian Lee and you can play along with everyone else. I believe they call that interactive. Oh. I had a bit of disappointment this week on Facebook. Oh. Yeah. Yesterday, I posted a little poll. It said if someone was to get 10 points awarded to them on tonight's show, who would it be? And I listed Heather. I listed Michelle. I listed Nathan. I listed myself. I listed the listeners. I thought the listeners would bound to vote for themselves. Some people, of course, added their own. Orbs came in. <laughs> Second. Second. Probably. Nice. I was beaten to fifth place by squirrels. Oh, good. But running away with the lead and winning more votes than anyone else by a country mile and a landslide was, in fact, my mother. <laughs> oh, Jenny. So we start tonight's quiz with Yay. my mother. They don't shout too much. She's awake next door. You're going to wake the woman up. Oh, yeah. She's sleeping. Have to be very quiet. Having said that, she's completely deaf, so it makes no odds what kind wow. of we make, does it? But my mother currently starts this quiz. And there's many slip twixt cup and lip, but she, she's currently starting this quiz on 10 points due to the public, apparently. Nice. Wanting to give my mother, who's put up with me all of my life, which was one of the excuses, uh, the fact that I've been in this country for 10 years and I haven't seen her in that time, I'm not quite sure how she's still looking after me, but that was the case for me for putting up a poll to try and gain myself some points. Someone said, Adrian, you voted for yourself. Well, I had no votes at the time. I thought I'd... Are you serious? I've been in this country long enough and seen your politics. I thought I'd vote for myself just to try and nudge me in the right direction. But this is season three, episode 92, and we currently 
have a listening party so as convention dictates with the clam flavored martin sponsored gong of infinite knowledge the shrimp of statistics and the hepatitis a of facts oh. stand back ladies and gentlemen Martin. Oh, lovely. Always very impressive. Are we ready to win some points in the round that we call a lack of general knowledge? Feeling confident tonight? No. Yes. Been eating lots of brain food, lots no. of fish? No. You've just been pickling yourself, haven't you? <laughs> Embalming yourself over a period of time over there. Sat in the corner right. in a stupor of your own libations. Correct. On this very day. In 1804, the first ever train by Richard Trevevick ran along the track from Penny Darren Ironworks in Merthyr Tidville in Wales. Do you like trains? Were any of those things you just said words? Yes, they were. <laughs> okay. I'm using the same words as you, but not necessarily <laughs> in the same order. Yes, they are. Do you like trains? Fan of trains? No? Not it's really. no good waving your head backwards and forwards. This is radio, <laughs> oh, madam. You have to make a statement. Yeah, no. I, I, not a fan of trains. I train. don't hate them, but... <laughs> you train hater? Yeah. Morris, do you like a train? You're a fan of the train? Never been on one. Never been on a train. I find that remarkable. There's such cultural differences between me and you. It's incredible. I grew up in London. I practically grew up on the train. I've been on trains all over Europe. You can get an Interrail ticket when you're 21, when you're 20. You leave university. I did this. I bought an Interrail ticket. You can go anywhere in Europe on that ticket. And I went everywhere. And I slept on the trains overnight saved on hotel accommodation and then arrived in the morning at the place i wanted to go to venice milan barcelona florence berlin prague budapest naples rome paris who cares copenhagen <laughs> bruges <laughs> brussels amsterdam the world is your oyster uh -huh. but unlike you americans we're not so insular we don't have the american dream in britain we're all awake so for the first time in the history of MQTA Radio, I cannot believe that bizarre, strange and fascinating facts. I nearly strained myself. Trains. <laughs> I can tell you're enthusiastic, Miss Morris. Mm -hmm. Let your imaginations run wild. There's no limits to your cerebralism. In, in 1963, four Princeton students used a train in a very unusual way to all get themselves dates for the night. All you have to do to win your points this evening is to tell me how they made that happen. They mooned it. How does mooning a train get your dates for the night? What happens there? So the train goes by, you drop your pants. You write it on your bum. Yes, and that would work for you, would it? Why not? Why not? It's original. <laughs> Will you've, you go out with me? You've dropped it's your pants. <laughs> telephone number. <laughs> I was calling the number, but no one answered. I think I put too many O's in it. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. See what I did there? And no, I don't want any messages sent. <laughs> you don't want any messages sent? <laughs> no, will you date me? Will you no. date me on your ass? <laughs> so the best way of getting a date from Miss Morris listeners is if you write your telephone number on your ass in a Sharpie and send her a photograph of that. Ooh. That apparently is the way to go. <laughs> nice. Didn't have room for the area code. <laughs> so you're suggesting in 1963, four Princeton students managed to get themselves a date for the evening. That's four girls, if you want to do the maths. And uh, they did that by mooning a train. They either mooned it or they wrote it on the windows, knowing the girls would see it as it passed by. Like in condensation. No. So they wrote it on the windows of what? 
The train. They rode it on the windows of the train. So they're running alongside, are they, with a Sharpie? Or are they doing it while it's stationary? Stationary. So the train's stationary. They're outside. They're like, Rhonda. Help me. Help me. (laughs) (laughs) When I had my VW camper van, perhaps I shouldn't tell this story, actually. Perhaps you shouldn't. I'm now considering that this might not be the way to go. I do have a missile. Don't throw anything at me yet. (laughs) I'm going to put Nathan between me and you. Any missile has to go around him. Wow. I had students I used to teach that were so dense, light used to bend around them. That is true. I had to teach these students once. Uh, I was in my VW camper van with my mate Chris and we were a couple of fine looking fellows in our early 20s looking very surfy with our hair blowing in the wind and And your mullet our our hair was blowing in the wind but we were too proud to run after it and uh, (laughs) we were driving along the South End Arterial Road I believe that's the A127 into London if anyone's interested and there was a car full of giggly teenage girls and they were waving to us and we were waving back and it was very funny and my friend Chris had a sketch pad with him because obviously I've driven all over Europe in this VW and I'm an artist. I had a sketch pad with me. He got a Sharpie, wrote on the sketch pad, showed it to them and it had on it, is your mother single? <laughs> <laughs> she was driving the car and they all thought this was very funny. You then see all the girls suddenly jump on their mum and their mother was laughing. Such fun. Get arrested for that these days. That's harassment, isn't it? Yes. That's what they'd be suggesting. So... You're either mooning or writing on the glass to get yourself a date back in 1963 in the Princeton area. Yeah. You had plenty of time to think of a good Michelle. Oh, I bet wait. You've got, oh, come up with Michelle's for her as well then. <laughs> they stopped the train. <sighs> Damn you! <laughs> <laughs> they stopped the train, did they? Yeah. They held it up. Yeah. Uh-huh. This is what you're going with. Isn't yeah. It? You cheaty little... <laughs> I'm not saying that's right. It involves a car, a gun, and four horses, if you're interested. Oh, good. What did they do? Go on, let's hear it. They stopped it. They stopped the train. Yeah. Okay. Anything you'd like to elaborate upon, Michelle? It was like a cowboy robbery. (laughs) A cowboy robbery. Cowboy robbery. Cowboy robbery. Yeah. I love the cowboy robberies. Or the highwaymen. The highwaymen. The money or your wife. Yeah. This is what they're doing. Stand on your liver. If you had one after this show, it's you probably dead. don't have one, do you? It's dead. Drink dead. I'm going to give Morris. <laughs> In fact, I'm feeling very generous. I'm feeling very philanthropic. Heather, I'll give you a couple of points, and mm. I'll also give Michelle a couple of points, just so we can try and catch up and gain parity with my mother's double integer. They parked a car on the tracks to stop the train. They then took a gun loaded with blanks through the train, picked four random girls and rode off into the night on horseback. She's <laughs> oh, outrageous. The interesting thing about this is that in 1963, that's tomfoolery. In 2020, oh. that's willful endangerment, terrorist hijacking, kidnapping, unauthorized use of a weapon, animal endangerment, and 230 years of a consecutive jail time. Oh. <laughs> bit of tomfoolery. Things have changed, Tom haven't Fulry, they? Yeah. That would be considered terrorism now. Back in the day, I bet that was thought upon as being very funny, and they probably ended up marrying those women. I was going to say, I wonder if any of them are married. But there are points all around. Everybody's very happy. In Moscow, unwanted passengers commute from the suburbs into the city and back every day. How, what, and why? Miss Morris. In Moscow. Moscow. Yeah. In Russia. Russian for the train. Mm. 
unwanted passengers commute from the suburbs, from the burbs, into the city and back every day. I just need to know the details of that. It's some sort of varmint. Varmint. That, that takes the train to the city to loot all the garbage. <laughs> and then takes the five o'clock home again. <laughs> so ver- vermin catching the train every, sort of from vermin. the suburbs <laughs> takes the train into the cities yeah ransacks the city of moscow yeah it catches the five o'clock home it's kentucky fried chicken bones they're around the back of the dumpsters in mcdonald's mcdonald's ski uh, and they get on the train to go back to the suburbs yeah for a night in the trash yeah and an if alleyway. they forget something their wife clubs them yeah what time do you call this oh, i'm sorry <laughs> someone threw a bargain bucket away and i just couldn't leave it alone yeah that's what i think <laughs> <laughs> your mind works in very bizarre <laughs> and strange ways just for the sake of argument what kind of vermin are we thinking of here? just just for you know just, I'm just saying, just for a little bit more detail, what kind of vermin are we discussing here? What, uh, what are we looking at? I don't know. It's like a... I, I, what would be classed as vermin? It's like a, a fox a or a fox. rat. Rat. Fox and rat. I've had many like a that. pint in the Possum, fox and rat. Maybe. I don't know if they have those over there. Who knows? Michelle. In Moscow, unwanted passengers commute from the suburbs into the city and back every day. How, what, and why will gain you your points? I think it's dogs. You think it's dogs. Do you want to shout out anything that could possibly commute into Moscow every day, Nathan? Horses. You are, horses? She's just sat there reading the newspaper. <laughs> Some random horse Someone's nudging up. you. Yeah. <laughs> Give up your seat. That horse is pregnant. <laughs> They haven't got posable thumbs. How are they even pressing the buttons to get out, Nathan? You, you obviously rules. haven't thought this through. It's just like a Russian racehorse. They'd never get on the train. They'd be stopping the urinals, wouldn't they? Having a wee for an hour mm-hmm. and they'd miss... Oh, yeah, you're both right. Heather's right. Michelle's right. I cannot take the points away from you. You're on a nice resplendent Russian for each. It's stray dogs. They've learned to commute into the cities to scavenge for food, and then they catch the train home again. You're welcome. There's actually photographs of Russian commuters sitting on the train with dogs sat there reading the newspaper. Can you imagine you're settling down for an hour-long commute, and there's a Jack Russell next to you, and all you can is... You're nudging it. Can you turn your iPad down? True enough. Jack Russells are the worst. They're shanky. Wait, shanky? Were they prison dogs? You're going to get a shanking in Russia. Are you? They're lucky that no one in 1963 actually kidnapped any of them. Can you imagine getting off your horse in the dark in 63 and your mate saying, Christ, you picked a rough looking date. Oh, but she can cook. Can that dog cook? Unbelievable. If someone commits suicide in Japan by jumping onto the tracks in front of an oncoming train, what do the authorities do next? Clean up the mess. They (laughs) clean up the mess. I've seen that happen, actually. While you're ruminating on this particular question and i will give you time to chew on this just for a little bit i was on the train i was traveling between venice and prague in the czech republic it was about three o'clock in the morning i was in a couchette suddenly i was thrown off of my sleeping compartment the train brakes so hard i actually fell onto the floor and all the luggage fell on top of me and uh, at that point, I looked out of the windows. I'm brushing the condensation off. I'm trying to see what's out there. There was nothing. It was pitch black. 
And then about 10 minutes later, there was loads of flashlights and cars pulling up. And to cut a long story short, someone had thrown themselves underneath the tracks. So they were either drunk or they committed suicide. Oh. But uh, that's what happened. It's the God's honest truth. That happened between Venice and Prague back in the day. Huh. So you've had plenty of time to think about this, Miss Morris. In Japan, yeah. what do they do? Do they know it's happened or has it already happened? Are oh, we they... talking like before or after? No, they're aware that it's happened. So the suicide has already commenced. It's already taken place, and unfortunately, they've been successful. Aha. What happens next? They add a stop there. They had a stop. <laughs> they add a stop. <laughs> yes, I understand the concept. <laughs> wow. This is Julia's stop now. They name a stop after them. <laughs> yeah. This is Fred's Dave Town. <laughs> Collins Holt. <laughs> wow. Yes. What if a little crab had got on the line and died? Oh. Would that be like King's Crustacean? Oh. <sighs> yeah. I love this show. So you're suggesting they name a stop after that individual. Yeah. I like that idea. That's a nice idea. Like a it's memorial. It's wrong. Well, but it is nice. wrong. It is 100% true. But it's like when you see at the side of the road a little wooden cross and some flowers, right? Yeah. yeah. What are they doing, Michelle? They call the monks to purify it. They call the monks to purify it. I cannot give the points the way for this. They sue the family. They sue the family for clean-up fees, loss of income, and the negative publicity it causes. So the answer I was looking for is they take the family of the person who committed suicide to court sorry your son is dead here's the date for the court appearance is what happens in uh... japan now many ghost trains run on the british rail network often unadvertised and at rare and obscure times and they openly discourage passengers from using them mm. what is their loco motive why does british rail network run what they call ghost trains at random times in random places and openly discourage passengers from getting on those trains, Miss Morris. They're memoriams. They're memoriam trains. Yes. So what does that mean? They're carrying coffins or dead people or what's um, taking place at this moment? People that have passed on, perhaps? What? I don't mean they're literally ghost trains with a skeleton crew. I mean, they're called ghost trains, but they're not actually I know, ghost but there's trains. no passengers on them. Well, they discourage it, and also they don't advertise it. There's no timetable, so no one's waiting well, for it. Well, it's either that or they're checking the tracks. They are checking the tracks. That's right. What are they checking them for? Crabs? Japanese tourists? <laughs> Bumps. Dogs? Issues. People, people mooning? Bums. Um, Horses. Coyotes. Yeah. Badgers. Yes, any type of chink in the armor. Can you imagine a whole bandit group of badgers? With they want to see how the train rides. on, stopping trains by putting trees across the tracks. Give us all your money. So they're checking the tracks. No one gets hurt. They are checking the tracks. Why ghost trains in Britain at random times in random places? Michelle. Either to satisfy the train spotters or Ooh. they need to just move locomotives and cars from one place to another those are quickly great answers i will tell you that ghost train hunters roam the country searching for them they're not done for train spotters but this is train spotter it creates gold dust yeah. it's like gold so they do roam around the country train spotters looking 
for these trains. Nathan, had you ever any idea why they would do that? Any thoughts at all? None at all. None at all. I'm glad I brought you along today. Thank you for your You're welcome. opinion. That's very kind of you, <laughs> sir. I probably owe you a couple of thousand dollars, don't I, for that advice? Four, actually. Four, oh. is it? I know how attorneys work. I see how this is. He's got his eye on the clock is what he's doing right now. I will tell you, it's to keep the line officially open. Oh. Yeah, thank you. Points What's that got to do with track? You said to keep the tracks maintained. They have to run no. certain services That's so right. many times a year. Otherwise, they would look at the track and say it's not making enough money. There's not enough transit. We're going to have to close it. So they run these trains to keep the lines open, is what they're doing, which is nothing like badgers holding up a train looking for your money. This is ridiculous. You say that, but this is 100% true. If you're naughty, I'm going to take you over my knee and give you a tender behind. What was that? I made a joke about a tender behind. It's what locomotives have, isn't it? I'm here all week. You can tip the waitress. It's all good. I work for days on this material. I'm wasting my best material in this room. I thought I'd share that this with you right best? now. This is your best? This is my best material. You should see the gonna, stuff I throw away. I need Step a refund. Game. Unbelievable. Now, on this day in 1946, the late and great actor Alan Rickman was born I in love him. Hammersmith in London. He died, unfortunately, of course, in 2016. Can you believe yeah. that's four years ago now? It's sad. Unbelievable. So we're wishing him a happy birthday today. Famous for playing Hans Gruber in Die Hard. Famous, of course, for the Sheriff of Nottingham in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Who remembers that famous line where he says he's going to guide their house with a spoon? Severus Snape in Harry Potter and the Piece of Wood, of course. He was also (laughs) in Galaxy Quest and... The voice of manically depressed robot Marvin in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Bring him, leave him, bring him, leave him. Brain the size of a planet. What an absolute joy and a great loss to the acting profession. So for the very first time in the history of MQTA Radio, I cannot believe that strange, bizarre and fascinating facts about Alan Rickman. What did Rickman and Michael Gambon do to embarrass Daniel Radcliffe? When he was chatting to a girl he had a crush on on the set of Harry Potter and the Prisoners of the Piece of Wood. There you go. Oh, was it Harry Potter and... <laughs> Harry Potter and the Stick. Oh, I see. You've got weapons. I see. You've I armed knew. yourself with missiles. Uh-oh. Oh, and you've now dropped it. And it's Don't worry, the I got table. more. I'm sure you can find yourself a whole host of things you wish to throw at me to win your points. The Slippery Beast points that are Alan Rickman tonight. What did he and Michael Gamble, very famous actor, of course, appeared in The Singing Detective, a very famous show back in the 1980s. They asked him about his wand. They asked (laughs) Daniel Radcliffe about his wand in front of a girl he was chatting up on the set of Harry Potter and the Stone. You, I will just club you. So you're (gasps) suggesting they pantsed him. They pulled his pants down, pointed to his bits and said, it's a bowie. No. No, okay. I've misread the situation. I don't know. I've had jubes. Uh, I know. He didn't share? Why do you think I'm in this state? hoarding. You don't share your stash, do you? Ridiculous. Uh, Put on the doors, light some joysticks. No, they asked him about his wand. They asked him about his wand. Michelle, how did they embarrass a very young Daniel Radcliffe at the time? They made fart noises. In Harry Potter and the Blade of Grass. They made fart noises. You are 100% correct. You're on fire. It almost me thinks there's some cheating taking place. It makes me think 
that you've been going through my notes when I went to squeeze the lemon. And it's all very well looking smug. There's shenanigans taking place in this room, I tell you. He did. They had a remote-controlled whoopee cushion nearby, and they set it off oh. when the young actor tried desperately to stay in character, and he was chatting up a young That's lady. That's a great also. idea for the studio. So do you come here often? <laughs> That's a smashing blouse you're wearing. Blouse. You must be warm in all that cardigan. It's not. That's all my best lines, I might add. Uh. I always fill my whoopee cushion with warm gravy to add an hilarious new dimension uh. to a rather tiresome practical joke. Now, Radcliffe and Rupert Grint got their own back on Rickman by spilling what all over the inside of his BMW. There you go. They got their own back. They spilt this all over his BMW. And then they were banned from going near Alan Rickman's BMW. What did they let loose? Butter beer. They let loose their butter beer. Yeah. All over his car. Yeah. All over the inside of his beer. Uh, it was? <laughs> That's right. They spilt his BMW all over his beer. That's right. That can happen. Yep. Can imagine when it gets really hot. It's been ruminating. Sticky. Kind of, you know, fermenting over a period Ooh. of time. Next week, maybe I'll make butter beers for us, Michelle. Thank you, Does Heather. this even exist? It they does. Just yeah, make, and I make them. They make stuff up, don't they? Nothing this exists. It does now. What have you been making in your art studio for the longest time? Mandrakes. And they're awesome. They're beautiful. <sighs> they're little babies that are roots. Yeah, root leaves. babies. And you pull them out of the soil and they scream. I love them. That's what you're doing with your life, is it? And they're awesome. And there's me writing books. Unbelievable. I also made an Audrey's. Yes, you've done very many plant-based sculptures, haven't you? I have. So, you're saying they spilled butterbeer inside. Yep. How do you make butter beer? What's the recipe for this? Uh, butterscotch schnapps and beer. No, uh, vanilla cream soda. That's oh. a dessert, isn't it? It's delicious, is what it is. That sounds sweet and sickly. What did they spill inside his car, Michelle? Fart spray. Fart spray. <gasps> I have some of that too. Don't you dare even. That was even. the worst thing I've ever smelled. <laughs> What was it called? Liquid ass, wasn't it? Yes, or something? that's right. God, it was in a small little vial and you popped the cork, yeah, bubbled evil. up the ghost. God, I was I gagged. I always look around for yeah, it. Yeah, I couldn't. I was smelling that for days. It was disgusting. Oh. You wait until I quit my job. Oh, it was stuck <laughs> to the roof of my mouth like a really rich cheesecake. I felt it moving on my teeth. I'll never forget it. Liquid ass. That's right. You can get it on Amazon, folks. Lovely. <laughs> what did they spill, Nathan, on the inside of his car? Peppermint schnapps. Peppermint schnapps. They actually spilt milkshakes. Oh, that's, that's worse. That's bad, right? That yeah. would be rough after a few days in the heat. It'd be wouldn't cottage it? cheesy. Day four in the yard. My milkshake has melted and beginning to spoil. Still no sign of the boys. <laughs> when Rickman was filming the death scene in Die Hard, he had to fall 21 feet down to an airbag. What did the director do to get Rickman to produce a genuine surprise reaction? He pushed him. He pushed him. There you go, son. Yeah, Cut. he wasn't ready at all. Roll in. Yeah. <laughs> Cut. Yeah. Do it again. Missed it. You're saying he just barreled him over the edge. He was, he was. Uh, let's pretend he was showing him the pit that he was going to go into. The airbag, yeah. He had already planned on filming it, uh -huh. so he started Sorry. the filming, and then he just shoved him. There's been lots of cinematic moments like yeah. that. When the alien bursts out of John Hurt's belly, Ridley Scott didn't tell any of the crew that was going to happen, and they all got covered in blood, and you see them jump 
and they're actually looking shocked. That's they? amazing. They, yeah. They've got blood all over them. That's my guess. Just a joy. You're going to go with that. Michelle, what do you think the director did to make it look like he was genuinely shocked? He told him that he did bad things with his wife. <laughs> he was married. He was with the same woman, Alan Rickman, all of his life. He met her at art college Aww. back in the uh, 60s, and they stayed together, and they only got married in 2000, I think, and 13, something like that. But he was with her for 50-odd mm-hmm. years. No, nope, I'm changing my answer. Here we go. She's spreading her chips liberally. A, he did push him, like I said. Okay, and? But... The airbag was hidden, and he didn't know it was there. <laughs> he thought he was just going down <laughs> into the car park. That's right. He dropped him on the count of two. <laughs> oh, he went yeah. one, two, and then let him go. Then wait There for was three. no three. That's quite a common tactic, actually. Yeah. If you're a film director, if you're a budding actor or actress at this moment in time, be aware of the director saying, we'll do this on the count of three, and then actually do it on two. It's like pulling off a Band-Aid at the doctor's surgery, isn't it? After three, one, two, uh, pain, pain's your only friend. I take now. my points now. Pain. Points for that? How are you getting points for that? I said it was a surprise. Yeah. I told you it was a surprise. <laughs> I gave you that information. You can't repeat back to me the I'm things I'm telling you. And expect. You. In fact, I'll tell you what I do. I'm going to give myself some points because I'm quoting, because I've got the answers right here. Huh. Oh, amazing. To resplendent two. Now, remember, there are two types of people in the world. Those who think Die Hard is a Christmas movie and those who are wrong. True. Mm-hmm. That was then, but this is now as we go to our favourite part of the show. It's the mailbag. Yes. We love the mailbag. You can write to us. We love reading out your comments. We love reading out your messages of support. Most people do that by going to Facebook and searching for more questions and answers with Adrian Lee. You can do that. We shall read them out. Jeff last week has posted a fabulous, fabulous message. Jeff has actually thanked the team. He wrote this during last week's show, so we didn't get a chance to read it out. If you write something during the show, guess what? It gets read out next week, right? Because we're on air. That's how that works. (laughs) Strange. He said the team's antics have literally saved his life many, many times. He said we uh, help people with mental health issues, especially days when you're feeling down. So that's a very kind thing to say, sir. We like to keep you happy. And uh, I'm glad, very humbling, actually, that people write in and tell us that. That's a common thing that we've had in the past, isn't it? Yeah. How we've made people happy in times when they're feeling at their lowest. You only have to save one person. You save the world entire. Everything else from now on in is a bonus, right? Anytime you walk out of the studio... They should thank me. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yes, I'm sure you're getting undated with pictures of people's bottoms with Sharpies written on them. I haven't killed you, so... You haven't killed me yet. It's imminent. I'm looking at the weaponry around the room. I've got a rather large gong to my right. I'm glad you're here, Nathan. Good to see you. Um, We're on the Dark Matter Digital Network at 10 p.m. He's King Dong. 10 p.m. Central Time. We have 100,000 <laughs> listeners in 190 countries all over the world. That's his stripper name. Great. <laughs> King Ding Dong. Ding Dong. <laughs> Denise posted last week, Happy Valentine's Day to MQ. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Denise. She then said, I love this show. If you missed our Valentine's Day special, Miss Morris is about to fill you in in all the wondrous ways in which you can access our shows, Miss Morris. Well, you can access our shows on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, uh, Stitcher. 
Stitcher, Buzzsprout. Froggy went a court in Brussels yeah, Sprouts. Yeah. And yes, I will catch up soon, Lee. I've been very, 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 very busy. Yes, the season has started. Oh. Expos, events, paranormal investigations. That's right. I'm directing and writing and starring in a film right now as well. It's hard work being a rock star, do you know that? Wears me out every day. Yeah. Radio host, author, director, the Black Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got time for that lark anymore. To brush off me Triumph Bonneville, get me black leathers out, and at night I'm the shadow. That's how that works. You're pulling faces. Most people go to SoundCloud. If you're listening on SoundCloud now, yeah. why not press the little orange love heart? Tell us how much you appreciate what we do and if they go to our platforms you have an incentive would you like to tell our gorgeous beautiful aesthetically pleasing listeners what little extras they may find what little easter eggs they could uncover if you go onto patreon and you help and support the show and all its glorious platforms you will get the shows extra extra early as well as some unlisted shows that you can't get anywhere else videos of some of the We're waving shows. to the camera right now. We have Hola. a camera in the studio. You can actually see how gorgeous we are if you pay a dollar. It's quite <laughs> stunning, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And you can get. Nathan, those... put your shirt back on. That's Ooh. outrageous. You've got his guns out there for a moment. Yeah, Did you see that? Two tickets. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. Thunder and lightning. You can go on to Patreon and get and everything early. <laughs> Yes, you can. There's many places you can find us. Go to Patreon, donate a single dollar. You leave this show in more than you arrive with. That's got to be worth a dollar of anyone's money. Tanya, one of our favourite listeners in Australia. I love you, Tanya. She's from Down Under. She's written a Valentine's Day poem for everyone. I'm going to read this out in my best voice. Good, because they haven't been on there. Roses are flowers. Pebbles are stones. Here's a big shout out to those on their own. Think yourself lucky and try not to sob. Look on the bright side. You're not with a knob. Nice. Perfect. I think Shakespeare. Perfect. Was that Tennyson? I think that was Tennyson. Yeah. yeah. yeah Shakespeare. A bit, of, bit of Tennyson there for everybody. Lisa, our good friend and supporter. Lisa. Of Hello, Lisa. Lisa. We love you. She has written thanks for the wonderful Valentine's Day show. Loved all of the laughs and banter. Louise has added, may I extend to you 10 points for this Friday's shout out and this Friday's show just because you keep us happy. So I'm suddenly up to 12. So I've now overtaken my mother. So that's good news. Thank you, Louise, for that. We have a Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. We have 94,000 followers on there. You can find us on Facebook. I have many wondrous books out at the moment on ghosts, UFOs, history, being psychic, everything you would want to include right there. So you can go and find me on Amazon and uh, go and purchase my books. I would be very happy. That means I can buy groceries this week. There was no Curse of Oak Island. So that's a blessing what for everybody. Happened? We got time off for good behaviour is what took place. But if you join us on Tuesday at 8pm Central Time on our Facebook site, we have a watch party. We will be there. Miss Morris, you look like you want to jump in or I go to the what toilet. what happened. What happened? They didn't find anything that week. <laughs> They don't find anything <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I've been watching this for eight years. It was extra nothing. <laughs> extra nothing. 
We only found half a rusty nail yeah. and only two pieces of coconut fiber. And the blacksmith was closed. Yes. <laughs> and the reenactment actors had a week off from pretending to be Knights Templar and storming the beach. And his little metal detector ran out of battery. Yeah. It was a bad week around for everybody. The coffer dam burst. Yeah. Wasn't good news for bad, anyone. Bad Retrograde. Finally, I just want to jump in. Lynn, a good friend and supporter <gasps> of the show Hi, from Lynn. Wisconsin. Hi, Lynn. She's written here, wishing all of you a Valentine's Day special, full of sweet things. Love your show. Keep up the good work. Oh, thank thanks, you. Lynn. I'll show that to the camera, actually. There you go. I'm going to show. Oh, love it's you. got a lovely little heart on the front, and it's full of chocolates. There you go. Mm, oh. Like my belly. Fabulous. What, is that heart-shaped? No, it's full of it's chocolates. It's full of chocolates, is it? We start the first round proper that we call Ghost and Hauntings. And remember, we do not do orbs. Michelle's on six. I've managed to claw my way up to 12. Heather's on four. Nathan's yet to score. And somehow my mother's on 10. <laughs> Prince William and Kate Middleton are said to be living in the most haunted part of Kensington Palace. Don't go in the East Wing. They've seen multiple reported ghost sightings in 1A, the apartment where the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge reside with their three children. The ghost of a deformed wild boy. So Simon Le Bon not doing so well these days. (laughs) (laughs) High five! (laughs) Don't leave her brother hanging. (laughs) Nice. Good times. Who once lived in the West London property is believed to wander the nursery. You like that? No one else is laughing. Wild boy. I understand. I told the joke. I know, but it was. I get that. It's good times. You might want to tell the other two stony-faced people in the room. He's a babysitter. Great. What could possibly go wrong with Simon Le Bon being your babysitter? He's got to be in bed by eight. He's got milk in the fridge. He likes to have a story before he goes to bed. Lovely. Hungry like the wolf. Never stopped eating that boy. Now, this wild boy, a ghost, apparently resides in the West London property. It's believed to wander the nursery where Prince George, Princess Charlotte and little Prince Louis sleep. A feral boy was discovered naked and alone in a German forest in 1725. He was brought to live at Kensington Palace as a human pet of King George I and was given the name Peter the Wild Boy. In later life, he ran as a Conservative Member of Parliament for Brighton and Hove in Sussex. I made that up. That's not true. George I was German. He couldn't speak any English. George of Hanover suddenly inherited the throne, and that's why he brought him over from Germany. George I couldn't speak a lick of English. He was the King of England and couldn't speak English. He was German. A court painting of Peter that still hangs in the palace shows he had a severe facial abnormality, prompting modern experts to speculate he may have had the rare Pitt-Hopkins syndrome. Symptoms of the condition include intellectual disability and developmental delay, breathing problems, epilepsy and distinctive facial features. And after retiring as a member of parliament, he went on to work in the House of Lords. Peter couldn't speak and refused to learn table manners and preferred to curl up in the corner of the room rather than sleep in his bed. He then became the director general of the BBC. (laughs) Eventually, the court tired of him and paid for him to live on a farm in Hertfordshire. He lived to the age of 70 but the only words he ever spoke were Peter and King George. After his death, Peter's spirit was set to haunt the room, currently being used as Prince Louis' nursery. Other ghosts spotted in apartment 1A include George II, George I's son, who died in 1760 amid the devastating Seven Years' War. George II was the last monarch, actually, to actively participate in a battle. Oh. 
just thought I'd share that with you. He was out there on the battlefield, cost him his life. The king's last words were reported to be, why won't they come? As the elderly monarch despaired that he had not heard from his troops. According to the legend, the ghost of George II is still hanging around the palace, moaning, why won't they come? Over and over again. Jokes can be posted on our Facebook wall if you search for MQTA. On Facebook, a spooky royal host, or I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Oh. Miss Morris, what have you got yes. for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? Well, season two of the rebooted Ghost Hunters TV show will reportedly offer up concrete evidence of the afterlife. Huh. One of the most popular paranormal TV shows to hit U.S. screens, Ghost Hunters launched all the way back in 2004 and followed plumbers Jason Hawes and Grant Wilson, two paranormal investigators who, alongside a team of fellow enthusiasts, spent their spare time looking for evidence of ghosts. Wilson left the show in 2012 and Hawes How's how's about that? (laughs) Announced that the show would be ending its relationship with the Sci-Fi Channel in 2016, effectively ending its 12-year run. Now, I have to say, I met Grant Wilson. He is an amazing man. Yes. Love him. He has time for his followers, doesn't he? He likes to talk to a lot of people. He doesn't want to disappoint anyone. No, he will go out of his way to meet his fans, to have a long conversation with you. He's just, he really is an amazing man. Anyway, last year, however, the show was brought back from the dead, this time with Wilson resuming hosting duties. The first rebooted season ran from August 21st to October 30th of 2019 on A&E. And now the new season will start on April 8th of 2020. Mm. This year. Yay. Well, Ghost Hunters returns with indisputable evidence of life after death. In season two, the team heads to uncharted territory to be the first to investigate reports of paranormal phenomena in some of the nation's most remote locations. Exactly what form this indisputable evidence will take, however, remains to be seen and honestly i i like it you're impressed are you i am you're gonna be tuning in yes and i have to say hi to his the lady that was with him his his personal assistant yes she was such a sweetheart love her love her as well i shall give you a couple of points for dropping some names and telling us of all the famous Mm. people you're hanging out with yeah he even had one of my little voodoo dolls it's an amazing picture he bought (laughs) didn't he buy some of your wares or did you just present them to him i gave him one but he loved it and he carried it around in his pocket all weekend that's what he said it was (laughs) is that a voodoo doll (laughs) he's just happy to see me then he dropped his pants and gave heather his phone number Uh. adrian edward well he had to borrow a sharpie from me to do it what is wrong with you i know i've embarrassed myself my country my family my friends my continent outrageous a man who claims to be in a relationship with a ghost has opened up about the couple's incredible plans for valentine's day so this was his plan for last week (sighs) gary danawa do you know him do you know gary danawa who described his amazing sex life with lisa hope john knows about that (laughs) a specter has told he does now he has told the daily star online all about his exciting plans for the most romantic day of his year the u.s man from new jersey Previously spoke about spending Christmas with his ghoulish partner. But now, since the joyful season is over, there's more in store for Gary and his girlfriend Lisa, 
who he says he's been with for over two years. So that's serious, then. Yeah. Speaking exclusively to Daily Star Online, the 35-year-old who works in the hotel industry, mm-hmm. so he cleans the toilets, has now told us what his plans are for Valentine's Day, and it sounds very kinky. The pair are planning to Netflix and chill before having a threesome. Gary said, we both think that's going out. They think that going out on Valentine's Day is overpriced and overrated. Oh, she's dead. She's dead. It costs you nothing. She eats half. nothing. It costs you half. half. You don't have to pay for a cinema <laughs> ticket. There's no outlay. You don't have to buy her clothes. She ain't eating. This is the cheapest date you'll ever be on. We have a tradition, apparently after just two years, Tradition of two years' worth of uh, Valentine's nights. Mm -hmm. The night we make popcorn and ice cream sundaes. Then we watch our favourite movie, which is ironically Ghost. No, it's not. No. Wow, it is apparently. I forbid it. I know. We're so corny. (laughs) We can't help it. Afterwards, we make love on a bed of roses. Afterwards, we make love on a bed of potter's clay. The roses stay on the bed when we go to sleep, so we wake up smelling of flowers and we stain the covers. This year, we're getting a little bit kinky. Oh. We're going to have our first threesome. Lisa has recently befriended a female spirit, and I thought it would be fun to bring her over and spice things up a little bit. Apparently, it's Queen Victoria. <laughs> I've never had one before, not even with two living women. Would you believe that? What a surprise. Shocking. What's um, his mom going to say? Um, well, she might be there. Who yeah. knows? She'll be there with a full-spectrum camera and a K2 meter. I'm a little bit nervous, so needless to say, there will be a lot of wine involved to loosen me up. The couple are always taking their sex life to a new level, with Gary describing it as hitting a new milestone for this Valentine's Day. (sighs) There you go. He continued, and it was Lisa's idea of the threesome. She's confident in the way I feel about her, and we are both very sexual, and we know we would be comfortable having sex with another spirit without any emotional attachment. Her only rule is... She doesn't want me kissing her friend Sadie, which I'm okay with. They could have an orgy and go down to the local cemetery. But despite the couple's hunger for new experiences in the bedroom, they are planning something adorable for the big day. There you go. Also leave little notes hidden around the apartment for her to find, he says. He's very romantic like that. Basically anything that makes her smile. Living women all over Britain, wearing large sweaters right now, eating chocolate and crying into their hot cup of tea about the one that got away or ghostly Valentine's Day. You decide. <laughs> go to our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and uh, A mum proudly shared a snap of her framed wedding dress, but people were distracted by a ghost face oh. lurking in the doorway. It's a bit of a lurker, mm-hmm. isn't it? The mum revealed her husband had kindly bought a frame to put her special dress safely on display so she decided to share snaps of his hard work she posted a photo to facebook group diy on a budget official saying my husband made me this frame to put my wedding dress in and we put it above the stairs but people were distracted by a creepy face lurking behind a door in one of the shots more than two thousand people have commented on the post claiming to be freaked out by the ghostly apparition one person said if that isn't a family member move house quick lovely idea with the dress though creepy yeah another person commented that person in the doorway is freaking me out a third told her don't be freaked out by the face in the doorway it's a loved one watching over you nice her monk (laughs) 
<laughs> if you are playing the Bell Bunk and Snort drinking game, you may have a shot wherever you are in the world. You're welcome to have a libaceous swig on us. Prosalute cheers. It looks great, but uh, let's talk about that vase in the doorway. This person thought, ah, I'm dead at that creepy face in the gap of the open door. Another creepy. wrote, never mind if it looks good or not. I'm more bothered about the ghost that's in the doorway. While another asked, please tell me you have another child that was stood in the bedroom with the light off. Responding to comments about the eerie face, the mom claimed there was no one else in the shot. Wow. That is creepy. I have seen mm. the ghostly picture. You can go to our Facebook site and see that for yourself. Do I have time to squeeze another one in, Morris? Gave myself a few more points this evening. Yes. Fantastic oh. news for everyone listening. We're doing a very royal-based show tonight, aren't we? Yes. Lots of kings and mm. queens and royalty. The queen once joked people wanted her dead after she was gifted a poisonous plant twice in one week. During her visit to the Chelsea Flower Show in 2016, the monarch was presented with a bunch of flowers containing Lily of the Valley. And speaking to the Queen, her gardener, Jekka McVicker, informed her that the flower was historically used as a poison. Recalling the conversation, Jekka said, She said, I've been given two bunches this week. Perhaps they want me dead. The 93-year-old royal is known for her sharp sense of humour, with royal expert Ingrid Seward referring to her, as a comedian. Wow. Mm. The Queen doing stand-up. Can you imagine that? It's the first thing that comes to my mind. I can imagine her material. Bowing. What's all that bowing about? And don't get me started on seven course meals. You can see how she could connect with her audience, yeah. can't you? What's up with that? On the Queen and Prince Philip's 70th wedding anniversary, Ingrid explained to loose women, I think the secret is they laugh together. I think the Queen is the comedian. She's a wonderful mimic. She can do... The Liverpool accent, she does Irish. She's very good at American as well. I bet she does Greek as well. Maybe. Let's let that hang there in the air for a little bit. I've yeah. got time. I can wait. It also previously emerged that Her Majesty once made a very cheeky joke while it's entertaining General de Gaulle, the former French president, and his wife. And of course, the French are renowned for their sense of humour mm -hmm. and having a good time. According to Adam Heckler, the author of The Royal Family, there was a spot of awkward conversation had between the monarch and her guests at Buckingham Palace. A guest asked Madame de Gaulle where she was most looking forward to in her retirement, which was imminent. With great elaboration, as she didn't speak much English, she replied, a penis. An awkward silence ensued for some time until the Queen herself came to the rescue and she said with a broad grin, ah, happiness. She was looking forward to happiness. There you go. I think knowing the French, they were probably right. The very first <laughs> time. Do we have time for any more? Or are we winding up now, Miss Morris? Am I going to deliberate the points? Can you squeeze one in? What have you got for I me? I can and I will. Fabulous. Ooh. Everyone's getting a little bit more. Go for it. You need the points. This priest tried to prove his congregation were above death by feeding them rat poison. Oh. And the results were disastrous. Really? No. Yes. Huh. Priest Light Monkey Eye. Monkey Eye? <laughs> What'd you call me? <laughs> monkey Eye. Oh, monkey. Monkey Eye. From Shoshonagovi, oh, South Africa, go. took it upon himself to prove his followers were superhuman and immortal with a seriously dangerous stunt. 
the priest declared to his congregation they should not fear death as they will not die before proceeding to pour bottles of water contaminated with rat poison into their mouths that was so super sweet of him he said we do not need to proclaim a faith this is south africa is it because we, we are believers uh-huh then i saw her face and now i believe her death has no power over everybody oh, or just us it was actually I don't know. just us <laughs> that south african is very close to angry japanese do you not think oh <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Love it. The vapors. Do you want the vapors now? I'm big in Japan. Of course you are. I'm big in my pants. Well, bunk. If you're playing the bell bunk and snort drinking game, all I'm going to say is it's cold in Minnesota and every wrinkle's an inch. Horrifyingly, many of his followers ran forward to take a fatal drink from the treacherous bottle. Jonestown, don't you yeah, think? Yeah, yeah. Right? Kool-Aid. The priest took a swig from the poison fluid before pouring it down the throats of his loyal congregation. Disastrously, yet predictably, the members of his church started to complain of stomach pains, and by yeah. the evening, five of them were dead. A further 13 more were taken to the hospital for the ingestion of the lethal drink, but despite all of this, Monkey Eye allegedly denied responsibility. Oh, He's like, I didn't do it. What a dick. Wasn't me. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was a Monkey Eye dick. Monkey Eye. I'm going to give you the evil Monkey Eye. Just one eye. Just the one-eyed monkey. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He said... <laughs> Hang on, I'm due back on Earth at any moment. He said, too much of a good thing can sometimes be bad. Hear you. Yeah, if you drink too much of that poison rat juice. Jeez, what a way terrible. to go. Surely he's not referring to his poison drink as a good thing, as I do not see how this could be possible in any way, considering it killed five of his members. The horrendous incident has sparked a police investigation, but no arrests have been made at present. Are you serious? Monkey eye. Yes, I saw the chalice or the... Like the he chose poorly. Yes, it was terrible. <laughs> it was like one of those tin water cooler container things. Can you be more that... descriptive? Like a thermos? No, it was like a big tankard. Oh, oh and then no. with the little squeezy bits on the bottom that look like a weenus. Oh, and no. then you push the rubber stopper and it comes out. Oh, like a tap. Yeah, that's oh, it. Oh, there we go. Taps we call those. I call weenuses. <laughs> so. What's bizarre is you're describing a weenus with something squeezy that you press, and I'm you like, oh, a, a rubber bit, and yeah. something comes out. No. And then she was pregnant. Yeah. Uh, well, they said it's extremely dangerous and beyond stupid. I agree oh. with you. I shall give you some fabulous points. We now enter the round that we call Not For Your Mother, which means you've come to find us on one of our platforms. So thank you for being tech savvy. Thank you for coming to make the effort to track us down we really appreciate that whatever platform you're currently listening on why not leave a little review leave a little message press the little love hearts why not cut and paste the link and share on your social media that you're listening to the only paranormal news quiz show anywhere in the world this is the round that we cannot read out on air for fear of being removed or getting a hefty 
find there the stories from around the world that are laden with filth and innuendo and they are of a sexual nature this literally is the round we call not for your mother because your mother wouldn't want to listen if your mother's in the room and she's of a nervous disposition you better take her to bed and knock her over the head or put a pillow over her face any small <laughs> miners currently in the room need to be locked in the shed or the basement if you're living in belgium right now yeah. would be my advice you have been warned a dad has been left plagued by a permanent and agonizing erection after an operation to fix his todger I love that at the it. very end of that sentence, it went with colloquialisms. It's all very, her dad has left played by a permanent and agonising election. Todger. Todger. James Scott, 57, developed the embarrassing problem following a major accident at work four years ago when 1.5 tonnes of glass fell on his pelvis. That sounds Ooh. painful. Pokey. I think that's bunk. If you are playing the bell bunk and snort drinking game, you're welcome to have a drink. The fact remains that this gentleman's got some major problems. I don't care if he's got problems. If you have 3,000 pounds land on your groin, you're not going to be living. Um, He's alive and well. He's just got groinal issues. What? It looks like a pancake? The former flat glacier. Hot dog? A flat hot dog. <laughs> oh, give me one of them there flat hot dogs. I don't want it rolling around. Between over. two a, pieces of bread. I was going to say, surely a fat hot dog's a burger at that point, isn't Bologna. it? Bologna. If you get a hamburger and roll it into a sausage shape, guess what I've made you? Have a guess. Let's play in the dark. What's my meat? There, we'll turn the light Not out. Not anymore. <laughs> Wear the blindfold. Loose we'll have a meat. Good old-fashioned no. game of what's no. my loose meat. Don't like loose it. meat sandwich. I'm thinking that's a summer sausage. <laughs> no. no. Wow. The former glazier from Ballinock in Glasgow suffered four injuries to his groin area. He fractured a bone at the bottom of his spine, had lacerations on both legs, and suffered a blocked urethra, Franklin. Oh. I like the fact that in brackets it then writes the tube urethra. <laughs> we're, we're picking these out of some quality in publications. <laughs> in your todger. It's the tube urethra. In your todger. In case you didn't understand what a penis was. Oh, the tube you pissed through in your todger. Why don't you say oh, so? Yeah, oh, yeah, right. no, no, I got it. Yeah, why don't you say so? Talking all posh and proper like, I didn't understand what was going on. Why don't you tell me he's got a Me tube dodger. in his todger that he pisses through? James was forced to have major surgery. It sounds like me mum and dad. Yeah. To repair his penis problems two years ago. However, the op left him with further complications and struggling to get an erection. He had more surgery in an attempt to fix that issue, which involved inserting metal rods into his penis. Now every night, his wife shouts out, don't spare the rod. Mm. Bit of bit of biblical. I thought I'd put some biblical text into this. James was told he's beggar. Would be sore for <laughs> up to eight weeks. But he's now plagued with a permanent erection. Now he says he feels like a prisoner in his own home. Because he can't put his trousers on and suffers from crippling pain. Why can't you duct tape it to your leg? Oh, you could do what I do and tuck it into my belt. <laughs> That's really... <laughs> you do wear your pants rather low. Yeah. I've pulled them up to my armpits. <laughs> Why do old people do that? I could, every, decade my, right, every decade my dad lives, his pants get two inches higher. 
Chris, they're up to his armpits right now. God. He told the Daily Record, this is the publication, the Daily Record in Scotland, I've now got a permanent erection and I'm in agony. I can't bear anything to touch it. Don't touch it. Don't touch Even if it brushes against the drapes of Mrs. Johnson's house. I can't even wear clothes. It's been a nightmare. <laughs> and I have to walk him around the house. I have to use a bag of frozen peas in the way a bag of frozen peas should never be used. I've now got a permanent erection. I'm in agony. He says he can no longer have his nine-year-old daughter and her friends around to visit. And he claims medics are refusing to visit him at home to help sort out his painful problem. Ooh. Although he has become a hero at his local horseshoe pigeon club. Yeah. What's that about? Or it's nearly had me eye out. You decide, go to our Facebook site, more questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Michelle, what do you have for us tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? Something for the ladies. The ladies. Yeah. Considering how we're too shy to even venture into our local Ann Summers, it's hardly surprising that so many of us are ordering sex toys and lingerie online. See, told you I was getting an order next week. Yeah, it took two men to bring it up the path, and the third one was carrying a car battery. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Who's drinking the juice? Look at the lights flickering in town. <laughs> There's a guy throwing a leather at the power station that says more juice. That's right. I've seen the Simpsons. <laughs> oh, no, that works. <laughs> you burnt out the gears on your last three. Yeah. I've never seen a vibrator that has transmission problems before. <laughs> That's Go to the true. breakers yard and find a transmission to put in. Heather, you're going to want to take a note on this one. There we okay. go. Yeah, get okay. your pen out. That said, there's one particular Amazon vibrator that's causing quite a stir online after a delighted customer said it made her pass out from pleasure. Really? Can't yes, go back to that restaurant. Really. I might have to look that up. With 11 different levels of intensity <laughs> starting at what mild and going up to i'm dead 11 it goes up to 11 <laughs> yeah spinal tap lovely the satisfier she's online look at her she's online shopping i am yeah look watch this you're supposed to be producing the show i'm producing it all right oh. i'm producing smiles you saw those amazon boxes big smiles <laughs> i thought you were ordering kitchen appliances <laughs> It's called the Satisfier Pro 2 Clitoral Toy. Ooh, I That's found it. That's on Star it. Trek. And it promises pink? its tingling pulsations. Wow. Will send you over the edge in minutes and can even be used underwater. Yeah. yeah we got Ooh. kicked out of that swimming bath. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Wow. The 30-pound product is among Amazon's top-rated sex toy and has an impressive 4.2 star rating. But there's one glowing review that stands out above all the others. After buying it in December, the shopper described the toy as her very own Christmas miracle. Which well, only comes once a year. Yeah. Not anymore. She explained, I was a bit skeptical as I have owned many different toys in the past and always found them a bit of a disappointment. First I was afraid. I was petrified. Then I got the Satisfier Pro 2 clitoral toy. I've not been out of the house in four months. <laughs> Look at me, I'm wasting away. They feed me pizza under the door frame. I've not slept. But let me tell you, 
This is a game changer. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Trying to describe the sensation, the woman continued, Imagine 100 perfectly formed angels going down on you. Wow. With their banjos. Oh, oh. no. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a trumpet, not a banjo. While soothing your soul and whispering in your ear the answers to all your problems. I'm 99% sure that I passed into the afterlife for a brief moment in time. And dated a guy called yeah. Gary from New Jersey. <laughs> Joyzy. What's more, the shopper was so delighted with the mm, results that she says she no longer needs to bother with men. Wow. She joked, I will never leave the comfort of my house again to seek the solace of a lover. You wait until she gets a spider loose in the kitchen or a fuse is blown. Yeah. Then she's in trouble. That can't take a spider out the kitchen, can it? You can buy something for that. Yeah? Who's changing the fuses? Me. Oh, okay. All right. We're done. <laughs> Nathan, we're done. Let's go. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> the end of civilization as we know it. Or even to buy batteries. Not that I could walk for a good 30 minutes she afterwards anyway. She couldn't walk She had to go in a wheelchair. Uh -huh. She got one of those rides, you know, where the bus comes around and picks you up. Oh, a handy van? Perfect. There you go. The thing's rechargeable, so you don't even have to leave the house for batteries. Really? Yeah. Wow. Can you imagine if you took one of those from here at 220 volts and took it over to Britain at 240? It took them three days just to wipe the smile off her face. <laughs> that extra 20 volts could make all the difference. Do you know what I'm saying? Wrapping up the hilarious review, the woman concluded, it's a gift from God. Buy this. Dozens of other shoppers have also revealed it took them only a few minutes to reach paradise, while one bloke described how his partner enjoyed a very intense orgasm with rapid toe curling. Wow. Giving it a five-star review, a third described how the fourth and fifth levels of vibrations meant she had multiple orgasms before the previous ones had even finished. Unbelievable. Add to basket. Morris has bought hers. Look at her. She sat there all smug. Look at her. Next day delivery. Next oh, day delivery. Amazon Prime. Morris isn't going to be part of next week's show. I Happy just, I just... Saturday watching cartoons. I might have to intercept that. <laughs> and that's all, folks. Lovely. Good times. A soccer player has been handed a five-year ban. By the way, when I read this story out, you're thinking five years. That seems lenient. A soccer player has been handed a five-year ban. From the game after biting an opponent's penis in the car park. Well, that's what he told the judge. The incident took place after an amateur match between Tavil and Sautric in France. A scrap broke out in the car park between two players outside the stadium, which a Tavil player attempted to break up. But the Sotric thug reacted furiously by biting the man's crotch, <gasps> leaving him requiring ten stitches according to the French media. Wow, that's a lot of pressure in the box. And apparently he's been big in the tackle. The victim was also forced to take four days off of work to recover from the gruesome attack. Ten stitches, there's a lot of stitches, right? On the old, you know... In your tajer. On your twig and berries there. <laughs> tajer. Oh, your tajer. <laughs> oh, no, there's a lot in my tajer. That means... A spokesman for the Mausoleum Soccer District, Emmanuel Saling, said the events took place after the match in the stadium car park. There was an altercation, an escalation, and things got worse. It's quite rare to have sanctions for several years. There are less than ten a year. 
The case was a bit saucy, mm. but there must have been some nasty tension, so the smiles on the disciplinary committee quickly faded. The victim was also suspended for six months, implying that he wasn't totally innocent during the fight. Mm. Deville were hit with two penalty points and a $166 fine for failing to control <laughs> their players. <laughs> how does a scrap in a car park end up with a willy biting? I mean, how does that escalate? A bit of pushing, a bit of name calling. You gotta study. go in there with that attitude, with that mindset. Like, I'm gonna bite some crotches. There you go. That man, we get a bit of a shouting match in French. Your mother, Smith of Elbeys. Bit of a push, bit of a shove. Before you know where you are, he's got your gums round your plums. His teeth's on your beef. His chompers are on your conkers. There you go. French baguette. Oh, I just want to forget. You decide go to our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Miss Morris, you have the final story in the round the week or not for your mother. A man has been labeled gross, inconsiderate, creepy. But you're still voting for him. A bit of satire there, ladies and gentlemen. And a butthole. It was actually a hole, but I cleaned it up to butthole. But this is the rounded up for your mother. <laughs> All right. Up. We've had penis, dick, todger, pecker, and blood. Well, they called him an Happy, asshole. Happy, sneezy, doc, asshole, bashful, sneezy, still an asshole, slothful. I was talking about the story. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> After his roommate shared details of a board he created to keep track of the number of people that he slept with. Okay. Wow, wow. The little black book with a rubber band. No, board. Board. Oh, like a, board. W- like a white board. Big board. Tag board. A tag board. Cork board. A cork board. Black pins. board. Black board. Huge board. The roommate says he lives with three of his friends at university and recently invited a girl he had been talking to round to the flat to study and watch a film. That's what they all say. Mm-hmm. Come round and study. Yeah. We'll watch a film. You know... And that's how your sister Have a little born. bit of, how's your father? Bit of, how's your father? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're throwing a bit of Barry Ryan. Have a what, it, what is it? What is that one phrase that I hate that you say, getting a leg over? I've never said that. Yes, you have. Getting the leg over. <laughs> yeah, chicken worms. Yeah, chicken worms. <laughs> chicken bye. He says he was super excited. I've never said getting your leg over. When's that phrase ever left my lips? Yesterday. Wow. (laughs) I wasn't even here. (laughs) I'm being mean through osmosis, am I? Pretty much. Right. He says he was super excited and got the flat ready, which included taking down a board one of the guys he lives with had created. His flat meat. Thinks it's funny or cool to pin his used condoms oh, the love. That's on a bulletin board. And unhealthy, oh. I might have. To show off the number of times he has had sex. Oh. And leaves it up in the living room oh, for everyone gross. to see. <laughs> now, you say that. When I lived in Prague in the Czech Republic, and this has come up a couple of times on tonight's show, is the fantastic Czech Republic. I was in Prague. I met up with a girl I was at university with. She was living in Prague as well. I got on the bus. I went to the apartment she was staying in. She was renting a room off of a Czech lad. And I went into her room and pinned to the wall and all around the wall were women's panties. There must have been a couple of hundred, like, nailed to the wall. 
And I said to the woman, her name was Liz, I said, well, how do you feel about that? And she said, yeah, I'm not very happy about it. Hers weren't there, I might add. But she was renting this room and he had trophies. He had like pants, knickers, panties like, all if around If you're a girl room. going in there and you see all that, are you like, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Perhaps he takes them afterwards. Oh, maybe he steals them That's off the clothesline. Right. Oh, yeah, I hadn't considered that. Gets them from his mom. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I mean, it's yeah. easy to Good go will. to a department store and buy a big basket full of underwear. Good just, just because they're up there doesn't mean, you know, anything's taken place necessarily. Maybe it's an art piece. It's very strange. It's a piece, all right. Mm-hmm. Many nice. pieces. I just thought I'd Lots share that with you. I remember that incident very well. The man says... It is really big and really expensive, complete with sticker decorations alongside the six condoms. Six. That's Big that? board. Only got six condoms what on it. What a night that was. That's so it. Pin the condom on the Donkey. dick. Donkey. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we, went, we went to the wrong places there. Can't go back to that heavy petting zoo. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh-uh. The heavy well, petting zoo. He says his friend has ignored requests asking him to take down the board a million times, adding, in his defense, he washes the condoms, cleans, and then dries them out, and then hangs them up. Yeah, on your washcloth. (laughs) Well, that's nice. Does he pin it to the board and then reuse it? Lovely. Puts a pin through it. Yeah, that would work. Free condom. Can't see anything wrong with that. Well, funny Pick tasting color, chewing gum, but wow, what bubbles. Well, when the man's date came over, he says he went to wash his hand, and the board appeared. Who washes to be... a hand? I don't know. Well, I've only used one hand. I'll just, I'll just wash. You need your second hand to wash it, don't you? How are you washing know. one hand? I How do you wash the back of one hand? Well, I don't know what he appeared. <laughs> he appeared to put the board back up. Go on. And You're missing a lot of actions. There's lots of actions taking place today. I don't want to know. This is why you need to pay your dollar and watch the video. Uh, well, the girl said... Or he said, she looked really uncomfortable and she asked me what it was. I got so nervous and choked up. It's me wanking child. (sighs) God. I turned bright red and explained what it was to her. The rest of the night was awkward and she didn't even stay to watch a movie. Who knew? Not sure why. Shocker. And she didn't drink the drink that I gave her either. (laughs) No, from the The monkey eye. (laughs) The monkey eye using the squidgy button Uh, and the wieners tap. That's right. (laughs) I took the bulletin board down after she left and smashed it into tiny pieces. And threw it He's in the oh, dumpster. <laughs> yep, and threw it in the dumpster. It's a clobbering time. <laughs> behind <Pow>. the building. <laughs> Wank. <laughs> Bit. Boff. Whammo. Whammo. One person said, your friend is gross, inconsiderate, creepy, and an asshole. Hang Debate on, my mother's settled. name's on that board. <laughs> what? Next to one of the stickers. Lovely. Balloons. <sighs> Happy days. Yeah. Are we done for the evening? Yes. Right, let's go down the bar. Woo!
Well, all good things come to an end. So let's look at tonight's scores. In last place with a K2 meter and the dead battery, it is Nathan who never got off Yay! of a duck egg. He gets a cup of rat poison and a course of Japanese. So lucky for him in fourth place tonight is Michelle, who scores herself a six. She gets a wild feral boy for a night in Kensington Ooh. and a free Happy Meal. So there's good news. I like it. For her. In third place tonight is Heather Morris on eight. She gets a ride with a gang of badgers to hold up the mail train. She better get wiggle on there. If you've got a neckerchief and a gun, I'd take that with you. My mother stumbles synambulistically into second place with a double integer of ten. She gets a guest appearance on a weekly ghost hunting show and the chance of a ghostly orgy. So bring out your dowsing rods. I have scored 16 marvellous points tonight. Ooh. I'm in first place. Wow. I get a bunch of lilies and a night out with a Frenchman. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, your trainer, Michelle Curry, Nathan Bush, and all at the International Paranormal Society in Paranormal.net. And all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group of MUFON of Minnesota. Why not jump over to SoundCloud right Right now and catch an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show in around that we call not for your mother it just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember be interested and interesting good night <laughs>